Hey everybody, We Call It Soccer's intro music is made by a band called Tectonics, who are going to be playing on March 30th at a place called Driftwood Char Bar. They're playing at 11pm and there's a $5 cover charge. We highly, highly recommend you go and check it out. Alright, on with the show. Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. And I'm Nutch. This week we bring you quite possibly the most important episode in this podcast's history. Boldly scores a screamer, MNUFC fans whimper, and Messi's mouth gets a bit filthier. So, we're talking about uh, uh, sports video game soundtracks, how they're kind of introduced... uh, some music to us. I think Tony Hawk Pro Stater introduced the best music to me. I don't uh, want to talk about games. any of this. I don't want to talk about any of this. Why? Why are you guys bringing all this? You brought us? the video game soundtrack up. You said no. That. I don't want to talk about any of this. You, know, you see how it feels when someone ruins your intro. You came up and you thought about something so nice. I was playing for a video while. games in the soccer in the in the shower, and uh, <laughs> the music just made me think of you guys a lot. So. I mean, I can understand how the Tony Hawk would totally like be a clue in for me, but what what sort of music was it for Notch? Like, what was your ah? This is Notch, <laughs> and then as you like, <laughs> wait, 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 you got left right, left right, B A star and rinse off at the same time. You, you got to keep this between just the two of us. I don't want my song being revealed. <laughs> so, but you guys were talking about the Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two soundtrack, yeah. But you, four, you but, used to say that you actually just like didn't even play the game. You no, just, I like, just turned it on and let it play. Because I, I don't remember when, when I got the game, but it was before my parents would let me have explicit lyric uh-huh. albums. So that was like the, my first like punk rock experience listening to Tony Hawk Pro So Skater what too. did you and my do? First, my first public enemy. Uh, uh, fight the power. Yeah. So so, what did you do when this like game was just playing its music in the background? Did you... Um, I had a Nerf basketball hoop. I just shoot bastards on it. You had... Oh, Nerf. So in the room. in the room. I I wouldn't like blast my TV (laughs) so my parents could hear it easily. No, I... John, the neighbor kid's playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 out of his window again while playing (laughs) basketball. (laughs) Didn't we tell his parents to get that to stop? Um, my, My favorite video game soundtrack is actually the FIFA 06 soundtrack. It's got... I was telling you about how I discovered Cut Copy mm-hmm. before they played their big Lollapalooza show that made them famous in this country. That's where I found them. The FIFA 06 soundtrack is... had, had I think that was the one that I Cut Copy. But it had a whole bunch of other world music. The FIFA soundtracks I've always liked because they have... They've always been pr- really good. Yeah, it's yeah. like... I met this girl I went on a date with once who said, like, I'm really into Korean hip-hop. And I was able to, like, sing Epic Highs Fly because of the FIFA 06 soundtrack. Nice. She's like, oh, my God. Like, we have so much in common. That's the only one I know. So thank you, FIFA 06. You gave me, like, one good date that one time. And that's worth it, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the one that had um, Daft Punk is playing in my house, right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a good one. But uh, anyway... um, Something that had um, I don't I don't think there's a good segue in from like great soundtracks to the horrible records that Minnesota well, the United you breaks. Have here is not a very good song. So. I mean, I think on a lot of those really great songs and soundtracks, there's at least one song that goes like with like the record 
stopping. <laughs> That's basically what it's been like for the Wii. So <laughs> this is one long, month long record scratch. I think this game was more like the Reigns of Castamere from the Game of Thrones soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Before before we get into it, though, we have to say that this is a segment that we call Loon Monitoring. In Loon Monitoring, we decided to put on our DNR badges. We decided to go out onto little lakes and start chasing around birds that make ghoulish noises. And talk about Minnesota United and our team, the Loons, who actually got featured on Football Weekly. It's so weird listening to your favorite podcast that covers international soccer, where they talk about... I mean, Wait a minute. A, we didn't talk we, about that. We cover Weekly. international <laughs> soccer. What? You were just telling me how you prefer to listen to all these other podcasts over our own, and now it's I'm like, just saying I'd rather be listening to Jeb Brofsky than my own voice. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that that's entirely that's, fair. Like, yeah, yeah okay, okay, I agree with that. I, I get that. But but it is still weird to hear guys Thanks, who guys who go into Premier League press conferences and interview Jose Mourinho and all these guys. They're talking about our dudes, and you know, I mean, okay, they had their producer interview a CNN anchor about, but it's they were <laughs> listening to it while it was being recorded. So and they introduced this segment like kind of surprised that they were even talking about it. We talked talking about MLS. Yeah, he oh, always does that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and then then the, the first episode they actually talked about Atlanta and Minnesota and then the next episode they actually had a few people write in about why Minnesota United is known as the Loons and there was all this stuff about like oh English people wouldn't get the nickname and uh, it's very cute it's very cute and it's kind of surprising man like we're big league now we're big league <laughs> big league let's, I, let's I, I don't first. know yeah I don't know for that big right now the only thing big is the scorelines against us. All right, let's transition into talking about that. The yeah, game, you, you, know. you delayed long enough. We have. <laughs> I tried. It was a valiant effort, but we really do have to get to the fact that New England beat us 5-2. 5-2. The, the, you know, we, we were all at big talk about, like, <laughs> the only team that has scored less points than us. Uh, no, it didn't work out so yeah, well for no, us. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. Um, I think probably the best the best way that it was described was actually in a banner that was hung up in the away section. We're just happy to be here. Kind of. I mean. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean, know, I like. I that was a little more tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Than anything. But at this point, we just need to just accept that as the only thing that gets us on. I, I do want to give a shout out to Matt ID and the East Coast Dark Clouds who put up I think it was like three or four pieces of TIFO, for which for a sex, traveling section of 10 people is incredible. So, Phenomenal job by them. The revs and the wood chipper was fantastic. Yeah. Yes, they also had the drinky curls. I mean, it was it was it was good. It was probably the only really good thing about this match because we got destroyed. And um, I think the the man who has come out for the most amount of criticism so far is uh, Vadim Demi. Don't ever play him again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> please, please don't. Yeah, honestly, honestly. I mean, it's a joke, but also it's a let's cry for help from us. <laughs> he was so utterly out of position. He gave up a penalty, which a lot of people which, like. Oh, I'll go die or diver, but he did dive. But also, Demidov's leg was in front of him. Is that's gonna be called? Nine times out of ten. I, I've mentioned this on the podcast many times. Gary Neville has a great video about. Uh, how he sees people who call divers cheats and he talks about how there is not a single defender at a high level anywhere in the world who when a who who when that defender puts out a lazy leg doesn't know that an attacker is going to fall over it like you don't leave your leg lying around in the box like the guy is going to fall over it mm-hmm. 
like it, at this point, Demidov just needs to realize that he's totally lost his mark because you're a lot more likely to score from the penalty spot than in open play. Yeah. Although with the loons, to be fair, pretty much every shot's going in anyway. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it wasn't only that penalty. It was multiple times where crosses were coming in from that right-hand side that he should have been in position to at least do anything for. And Nothing there. It looked like New England had our number. They looked up what we did, how to how to pull us out of position, and, and they used that that technique to great effect. Agudeo, Fagundes, it was they played they, well. They destroyed and on their first goal, there were more revs in the box than loons, which should never happen. <laughs> it's yeah. it's insane. Exactly, and all right. At this point, is it mistakes that are doing? the loons in is it tactics is it personnel is it black magic what what the hell is going on <laughs> the I wish cosmos cursed us <laughs> i wish it was black magic because then we could like go on a and d style quest to tell them which that like <laughs> that that uh cursed us but it's not that simple to fix i mean honestly guys I, i'm honestly to the point where i want to say talking about all of our problems would take up too much time with this episode like that is how many issues we currently have I, also, I, I just, just something you brought up last week. Um, Kevin Venegas got his run out. I don't think he was that good, guys. No, he so wasn't. He, as one of the f- fastest players in NASL, he looked a step behind most of the players on the pitch. And and we were getting smoked mostly on that right-hand side. Most of New England's attacks, at least in the first half, were coming from mm-hmm. the, our right. Yeah. And so, I almost want to say that it was, again, that gap between the fullback and the right center back. Like it's, that's been the whole, the entire season for the loons. I'm not sure if that was necessarily Venegas, just not understanding the pace of MLS or what it was, but that was just criminally bad yet again. What about Ibarra? Um, he needs to be, he needs to be free to roam. That's when he's best. And he's not at his best right now when he's cooped up in his corner. Yeah, I think the other issue is that he's looking to it more defensively than anything else. Like mm-hmm. he's he's not moving forward offensively. He might he's be not nervous about getting burned. Yeah, on the left-hand side. Yeah, he's he's just not being entrepreneurial with any sort of freedom out there. He needs to actually take something. Uh, a few quick points. Number one, uh, what the hell is up with the New England players' hair? All of them seem to have something <laughs> weird going on with all of them, like the colors or like weird dongs sticking out of their hair. Weird, weird what? Dongs. Like, like just like, look at Kai Kamara. Like that. Oh yeah. It's it's obvious that's a penis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess like that's that's your power move, like alpha move. Like I could I, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's his Samson move, more right. like. Um and and. Secondly, um, Carl Warner got his first goal for us. Woohoo. Brent no. Common played out of his mind and got his first MLS goal. Woohoo. If there's a silver lining, is that Brent Coleman is an MLS level player. And if you would have told me that before the season, I'd be like, that's, that's, I, I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to see that. But he's been our best defender. I was, our best, he was, best our, he was, I was our saying best that. Offensive threat last game. All through the end of 2015, by the way, my whole like thesis back then was this kid needs to play more and he would be good. Mm-hmm. 
and 2016 he finally got that chance to go in he was brought into the squad and now he's proving himself it, it is crazy to see his development from 2015 uh, fringe squad player to NHL starter to MLS quality starter yeah it's insane to see his development and I'm hoping to continue it that being said if you had told me that he was going to be a quality starter this year, I would have said things are going to have gone really terribly and he must have been the one to turn the tide and he he hasn't been. Like he's he's done well, don't get me wrong, but it's just that everything else is so terrible around him. I I don't think you're giving him enough credit, but but anyway, we'll we'll see when when, when the things other things in the squad do improve. Yeah. Uh, one final piece <clears throat> about this match before we start moving on is that uh, there was a regrettable moment when there was a five two score, and on top of it was the hashtag only in Minnesota. Yeah, that was that was kind of poetic, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is only in Minnesota and MLS right now. Yeah. Um, there's basically been a lot of statistics being thrown about how we're on par for essentially scoring 100 getting 163 goals scored on us there's lots of other great stats that show how we're basically the weakest team in mls ever so far which i mean four games admittedly small sample size but i'm starting to get really concerned it is i i think all of those things that say minnesota is the weakest team in mls history they ignore the fact that at least there's a competent offense going on the defense might be so bad that they're the weakest team in MLS history, but at least there's like some signs of light with the offense. And and talk to me about this three five two formation. It's got a little bit of play. There was some E Pluribus Lunum stuff that happened last week where people on Reddit kind of took him to task for suggesting that. And then the team did play it. Yeah, they played it in the second half, at least looked passable although that might be because you downshift when you're up three goals in the second half um it basically you put three center backs just anchored in towards the box and then have your full backs playing much further out wide um so they act essentially as both a winger and a fullback so you do basically get you know, not only the three guys like right in the middle for a exclusively defensive work rate, but you also get the defensive side with those fullbacks. They need to play out of their minds 175%, but you do get a little bit more defense there. Is it a more attacking formation, though? Because that's the way it feels like in FIFA is that you're playing fewer defenders. Now I got more attackers. I mean, I know that my experience on football manager literally this afternoon where i played with the u.s national team a 5-3-2 with uh, fabian johnson out left he had three assists in 20 minutes it was great but it it really does depend on the personnel you know do you have fullbacks that can play both ways if they can only play offensively then you lose something on the defensive side but you get a little bit more in attack Sure. Let, let, let's keep moving, and then we'll, we'll loop back to something else that I want to ask you in a second. First of all, Loons are trialing a guy named Abu Dalaye Diallo, who's a 24-year-old center back from Senegal. He is in the, you know, the Latvian league, which is very famous. Not to be, to, to be confused with Abu Dalaye Diallo, the 24-year-old Senegalese goalkeeper. There's two of them. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. At this point, I we would I, both. either, I, you know. Yo, I, I'm great. fairly certain, given the issues that we've had, they probably did confuse him with the <laughs> goalkeeper, and they brought in the wrong one. So Andy Greeter reported that this trial was happening just today, this morning. Uh, another thing that we heard today morning was from Kendra de St. Aubin. Uh, she said that Heath was, Adrian Heath was speaking to the media and said that... Uh, Saturday is quite possibly the most important game in this club's history and that we need to win at home. I don't disagree with the second part of his statement, but the most important game in this team's history? It's important. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. I don't know, uh, the game where we actually beat a Premier League team is pretty important. The two championship finals. Two championship been... finals. The one that the one championship final that we won. Yeah. Maybe. The MLS opener. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, um, If that's how he approaches important games in the MLS, I'm pretty done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this is a very important game for Adrian. He, you know, uh, keeping his job perhaps. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a tricky game because we also like just kind of in a funk themselves. They're, they're underperforming. And this game could either be huge for them and kickstart their season or it could be huge for us and kickstart our lives in MLS finally that's the exact same thing that we thought about New England yeah. <laughs> like literally down to the letter but we're home for this one Colin we have a home field advantage Dark Cloud Snorky Lead everyone else um, five players coming back into the starting lineup four of whom that are coming back from international experience um it, so many things conspired to go wrong with the New England game, but I think the biggest ones were just Minnesota being inept. I should note that New England was at full strength. None of their players were on international duty. Did that really matter? Did it? I'm going to tell myself that it does. <laughs> so I, I do have a quick question about the international duty, which is did Kevin Molino play Trinidad and Tobago's game today? Did you guys... He did, and... I think he played the full 90 and got a yellow card. Okay. He was stretchered off with exhaustion, I believe, in the yeah, first. in the 80th minute after scoring the game winner. Um, he stretched it off, and then, like, it was announced later, like, much later, that didn't give enough people who noticed that tweet to panic a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was just exhaustion. He was back for the game today. Then it's Mexico, which they lost 1-0. And uh, a tough fought hard fought game the the previous game that they played was i believe against um who was it who did they play in the last one i forget now well i mean we'll be talking about it in a Panama. later segment that's yeah. right that's right the upset in Panama. and um calvo and vanegas both played for costa rica in the first game i believe they both started johan vanegas did return to us because i believe he's had a new child which is super cool congratulations to him yeah, uh, do do tweet your congratulations to Johan. I think it's kind of neat. And he decided to prioritize family by returning. Calvo was on the bench for Costa Rica today, which is good. <laughs> I'm pretty happy, selfishly, not so much for him, but for us. Let's just take our guys as rested as possible. Right. Like I haven't I haven't followed what happened with the uh, Rasmus. Uh, zero yeah. minutes played for Finland. All right, perfect, great. He's coming back yeah. rested as well. Um, just jet lagged. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Tiago Calvano has signed with Harrisburg City Islanders, which he had some. Um, he posted this on Instagram. There were a lot of like goodbye, Tiago, once a loon, always a loon kind of things. The team wished him goodbye. A bunch of team staff wished him goodbye on Instagram, which 
I feel like, you know, that's kind of neat, but that would have been nice also to guys like Daniel Mendez and all these other guys who we said goodbye to in the offseason. Juliana Vicencini. Yeah, who were super cool. And and I, like, Sammy. Sammy and Jack. Yeah, so, so I, I, mean, I, I feel... I feel I, Sammy, I, I would say yes, just because he was willing to go along with the blame it on the jelly video, but yeah. um, Tiago, I think, is maybe a, a little bit more special of a case. He than, was captain for a few games for the team. Yeah. Yeah, he's been here since 2014. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was signed on a much longer-term deal than was feasible for his age, um, which was... He had two oh. years remaining on his contract, yeah. I believe. Yeah, well, so... I, I do wish him the best in yeah. Harrisburg. Uh, All right, with Harris- that... We got to move on because we are we are super late right now. We're going to move on to a segment we call the Major Listening Service where we talk about MLS, D1 soccer in America, where there were only about two games because it's, you know, most teams took well, the international. Three, but we off. don't talk about the other one anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've, <laughs> two we're, other games. We're done with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, RSL 0, NYRB 0. Um, first start for, first MLS appearance and start for uh, Matt Van Oakle. Who knew? Matt Van Oakel is a MLS quality goalkeeper who made some terrific saves. Um, kind of should have held on to him, maybe. If he would have posted a tweet of himself drinking tea, I would have... That would have... I would have just... Yeah, yeah good he job. Did, you deserve that Yeah, one. he did honestly have a couple of really fantastic saves. So, yeah. yeah good on him. Maybe, maybe give him a call and find out if he wants to join his old uh, buddy Justin Davis and Viva back yeah. on... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a young player for Red Bulls who, who impressed. Yeah, Tyler Adams was just all over the place um, playing as a defensive mid. 18 years old, if I remember right. And a lot of people in the know, I, I know at least the Extra Time radio guys are obsessing over him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's extremely skilled seems to have really good vision and runs faster than anyone should in the center of the park are you sure you, you don't have a crush on this guy like no i do i do <laughs> i i'm willing to admit it i'm i'm comfortable enough in my heteromasculinity that i can say yeah yeah he's, he's dreamy fantastic fantastic uh portland two, colorado or is that charlotte are we talking about... God damn it, Nuts. It's Columbus. <laughs> I keep we getting this wrong. I got it wrong last week. I got it wrong on Twitter. We yes, can't make Charlotte. it any more yes, simple for you. Have an MLS <laughs> so Columbus, Columbus beat Portland 3-2. And uh, I just want to say, from a personal standpoint, there's this dude in Columbus who has been railing against Capos on Twitter. Every time someone mentions Capos on Twitter, this jackass uh, from Columbus, is Nordic, always tweets against them. Well... After this game, he was like, oh, Capos are actually pretty good because the Nordic and yeah, Columbus finally right. got Capos. <laughs> and he was like, oh, Capos. I gotta, to his credit, he said, like, I got to eat a giant pile of uh, crow and, and accept that the Capos made us louder. So more power to you, Morgan Hughes. More power to you. Anyway, uh, 85th minute goal. Relatively new signing, Nico Hansen. Um, his first goal for the club was his, was it his first MLS goal? Yes. Okay. Yep. Because uh, he's new to the league this year, oh. so if it was his first goal for the team, it would probably be the first goal in the league. The more you know. Yep. <laughs> um, ends up snapping uh, Portland's winning streak to start the season. That's right. The take, jerks. Take that. Oh no, Portland. Portland. Kill us. <laughs> jerks who were really really nice to us right. and uh-huh. bought me beers and gave me a scarf. Uh, a bunch of uh, international break. Injuries. 
Ha, ha, ha. Uh, okay, anyway. our players. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Atlanta's Joseph Martinez is going to be out four to six weeks. I'm totally not feeling a little bit of schadenfreude. Couldn't have this. happened to a nicer fellow. Um, I mean, I'm starting to feel like, guys, Atlanta is, in my mind, our rival. I hate their guts, mostly because they're so good and they're, like, succeeding. But do we play them on Heineken Rivalry Week? <laughs> oh, no. Whatever they're sponsoring it now. No, see, see, they're not like a real rival rival. They're just a fake rival. So we play them in the uh, Stella Artois rivalry oh. week. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, basically, Martinez has a left quad injury and he suffered it last week during his call up with the Venezuela national team. So yep, got stretched off even. Um, apparently, it's just a pull, but it's a bad one. So, ah, too bad. Um, Bummer. Montreal has two players out. Uh, Lawrence Simon apparently had some sort of knee injury. What is this? Simon? Why is it not Kimon? Kyle Aaron, Simon? I, I, man, I don't get it. What is with all these things? First it's acronyms, then it's names. Not just having a lot of problems adjusting to this new MLS <laughs> lifestyle. Okay, um, Solin. Solin. Point taken. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, Lawrence Simon had a knee injury playing for Belgium. Um, apparently, also according to Paul Tenorio on Twitter, um, Nacho Piatti has a groin injury that could keep him out for several weeks. First, we thought it was, oh, bummer, Nacho. Then we heard groin. Ah, no. Right? It's always worse when it's a groin injury, just like hearing the news. Anyway, uh, LA Galaxy had some issues, but uh, we, we will we'll, yeah, in the we'll, sewer. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, San Jose defender Marvel Wynn had, if you're following MLS News in, in February, not on this podcast, you would have known that he there was a heart abnormality that was discovered during a routine physical examination, and he'd not trained, and Rob Stone tweeted finally that he had successful open heart surgery very recently, so good for him. Yep, get well soon, Marvel. All right, well, uh, only one other piece of USA-based news, I guess. This should probably be in the next segment, but I threw it into the notes here by mistake. Uh, Miami is going to host a El Clasico, very rarely played outside of Spain. Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to face each other in Miami. Tickets are going for like thousands of dollars on StubHub. Even the cheapest tickets, I think, in the stadium before StubHub were something like a hundred and some dollars. It's a cash grab. Now, I, I just want to ask you guys this. Is that okay and that's just the way life is and the fans who do can afford it are getting to see something awesome and we should be celebrating that this is happening, blah 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 Or is this something where it's like, we should not be having this. It takes away money from our local game, blah, blah, blah. Well, like, where, where do you guys fall on the outrage meter? I, I wouldn't go to one of these games, so I'm not too outraged. People who want to go can go. Um, if they see Messi, Ronaldo, Suarez, Neymar, Bale, and Ramos play, I'll, I'd be shocked. They're, they won't play. I'm sure of it. Now, uh, the, the the presidents of both teams who do listen to this podcast are going to play them just to spite you. <laughs> that is okay. And then they'll all get injured in the El Clasico. The, the, and the electronic uh, billboards. me and heeded my warning. <laughs> just the, the electronic billboards. <laughs> when they announce the lineups, will be like, suck it, Caleb. <laughs> and they'll fin- spell your name with a C. <laughs> middle finger emoji, middle finger emoji, middle finger emoji. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Solid? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm basically in the same camp. I 
I wanted to go to the Arsenal friendlies last year. They played the MLS All-Star game. They played a game against Chivas de Guadalajara, despite the fact that it was at the stub hub. So I'm sure flashbacks and PTSD. <laughs> um, but with all of these friendlies, I mean... <clears throat> It's, you, you it's think, obviously you think, you think an old Chivas fan went into stuff and was like, no, 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 this no. Is, no, I can't deal with this. <laughs> this was repressed for a reason. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, they're all cash grabs. And if you're willing to pay for it, I would rather you donate that money to like the ACLU or Planned Parenthood or something. Okay, two, two measure takes. I appreciate that. Um, there, If you do want your weekly dose of outrage over... International Champions Cup, go online. There are a couple of great articles that I... Uh, they, they were good for someone who does get angry about these things like me. Uh, next, <laughs> next, let's move on to a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme, where we climb down the Egyptian pyramid that we call U.S. Soccer. And we have to make little leaps because there's no promotion and relegation connecting all the leagues. So we just jump over the gap. And, uh, it's like that really pointy part at the top is like five feet above the rest of the pyramid. Right. Yeah. And and now the, the, the layer below it is just really like wide. It doesn't really fit with the top. Like it's really huge because mm-hmm. D2 now, they're two D2 leagues. Yeah. And it, they it, both kicked off. It basically looks like the Space Needle inside of a pyramid. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Space Needle. I know I've been to the top of the Space Needle. I was actually impressed. The wow. Eiffel Tower and the Space Needle, two architectural objects that I thought would be huge letdowns, actually kind of cool. Oh. Anyway, um, we'll know. talk about my tourism later. Uh, but, but but let's talk about USL and NASL that both opened their season. Hashtag March for November. Except for some teams. <laughs> or like <laughs> asterisk, some teams excluded. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll start out with USL just because of spite. Um, it's <laughs> Tampa Bay Rowdies. <laughs> yeah. Tampa Bay Rowdies won and Orlando City had... B. I was going to put an asterisk, but okay, whatever. Um, Orlando City nil. Um, Tampa wins the first I-4 derby with a 21-3 shot advantage and yet it was decided on a penalty kick. If you're not following on Submad and on Subdan on Twitter, their live tweet of this game was fantastic. Uh, our friends over at the Unused Substitutes podcast, uh, they're great follows. And they were, at one point, like, if we don't store like here, like we're never going to store. And he was right. They stored there. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of whinging about Orlando City fans as well, about the purple team fans, which is, seems to be a consistent thing with Orlando City. So let, let's see what happens if they head up over here or if we have a chance to go over there. I hope the uh, I hope this is just talk of the rivalry and not actually uh, the way the way Orlando fans are. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Um, the Rio Grande Valley Toros uh, lost one nil against the Zombie Scorpions. Also known as San Antonio FC. They should name their team the Zombie Scorpions. That is badass. That's really that would be cool, amazing. That should, amazing. Colin, you should name all the teams. Actually, Colin, you should make a copyright right now and start making bootleg jerseys. They will sell. Totally. The future home of Didier Drogba. Yeah. Um, big ups to my uh, former hometown of... Uh, Basically Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> Let's be real. Their stadium is pretty much in Tempe. Um, apparently, according to Andy Greeter, who broke the story, which is ridiculous because he's based in Minnesota, um, Didier Drogba is going to be signing for Phoenix Rising FC. Things we didn't expect to hear last year. <laughs> ridiculous things we didn't expect. Um, Chelsea Greer. coaching job, playing D. 
like in quotation marks, D2 soccer in America. D like, whatever you call it. Although, let's be real. If you wanted to retire anywhere, Phoenix, especially if you have a yeah, crap ton of money, would be a fantastic spot. Okay, so basically Didier Drogba is just living the like American dream. All right. He he's living the MLS lifestyle circuit like 10 years ago. And this team USL did, is making some huge strides in that case. They did lose uh, Phoenix Rising did lose to TFC 2 0 to 1. Yeah. Too yeah, bad. but good openings for both um the Rio Grande and Phoenix new stadiums. I think they sold like 6-7 thousand tickets each. Okay, let's bounce to the results in our old league, the NASL really quickly. Portugal FC 0 NYC zero in crappy old Lubriel. <laughs> By the way, every time you say Lubriel, I always think of like lube. Oh, I always think of Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast, which is funny because they didn't have Lumieres because the power <laughs> went out before the game and it delayed it. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, my mind's in the gutter, and you guys come up with better jokes. This oh, is what I've learned so- from this. Uh, Miami won NCFC, North Carolina, Texas Ranger won. Um, Fondi and Poku both scored within the first 15 minutes. Uh, Nothing happened after. Fondi's goal was uh, assisted by a former loon, Lance Lang. An incredible assist. He, go, go watch this goal. Like Lance Lang, if that one assist was indicative of the rest of his game, which I did not watch, uh, <laughs> he is in great form. So, Spoiler uh, alert, right. it only vaguely was. Right. <laughs> San Francisco Deltas won, Indy won. Apparently they were traveling Indy fans at this game in San Francisco. That's, that's kind of neat. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that Go is awesome. Brickyard Battalion and all Indy fans. Uh, yeah. Kyle yep. Becker scores the first goal ever for the San, San Francisco Deltas, uh, assisted by former loon Danny Cruz. Oh. Um, also former-ish loon Tanner Thompson uh, scored the <laughs> equalizer for Indy. Yeah, former-ish. I mean, well, it would be kind of nice if our current loons were doing as well as our former loons. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, exactly. All draws, basically, in the NASL. So, um, and they had three games for the six teams, but had two teams have a bye for your it's, opening day. Come on. Stop. Come on. This is why you're <laughs> D2 asterisk now. Hey. <laughs> no, trust me. There are much bigger reasons why they are D2 asterisk no, this right now. the one sole reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, by the way, guys, we had stories of stolen turf last year. Man, I'm going to miss NESL. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that, we really should take a break. And we'll be back with USMNT news, World Cup qualifiers news, all sorts of other stuff later. Bye-bye. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer, where we've just realized that I was looking at the Eastern Time kickoff for the U.S. Men's National Team game against Panama instead of the Central Time kickoff. So they kicked off an hour before, and you've got the game playing. Turn it off. I'm not putting it on on my computer. Hell no. I need to get updates, man. Well, Our okay. listeners are demanding some sort of take about this game that's happening literally as we record. Look, look at look at Twitter like the rest of us. Nah, it's a cool. I'm just kidding around. But there is like a hilarious moment that's actually made Twitter where one of the U.S. defenders, I can't see who this is, is like backwards hip checking another Panama player. So it kind of looks like he's like reverse having sex. <laughs> But, uh, with that hot take, we should move on to a segment that we call the sewer where we talk. You mean talk. the gutter at this point? 
Sewer is a segment where we talk about our U.S. men's Ninja Turtles, women's Ninja Turtles, other Ninja Turtles of all ages. And uh, right now, first of all, we got to talk about the fact that Jurgen Klinsmann can suck it. Apparently, according to all of U.S. soccer Twitter, because U.S. beat Honduras 6-0. And the biggest talking point was how crappy Jurgen Klinsmann is and how great Bruce Arena was. I think the biggest talking point should have been how good Clint Dempsey played and how good Christian Pulisic played. But sure, let's let's use all of our hot takes on specifically Jurgen Klinsmann. I'm just saying Pulisic played well enough that Lionel Messi is now literally Pulisic. Or he is literally 13 different deities, according to 55.1. That was great. <laughs> that was a fantastic article. <laughs> Top Drawer Soccer, several days ago, published an article where they compared um, MLS teams to Roman emperors, which I was ready to go in there and be like, whoa, you guys mischaracterized Tiberius really bad, like most histories do. Nerd. <laughs> right? But actually, they, they it was Will Parchman surprisingly knows a lot about Roman emperors. It was actually a pretty historically accurate article, even though sounds I like, like somebody listens to hardcore history. Uh, sounds sound like somebody listens to the history of Rome and reads a lot of goddamn books after that. Anyway, uh, don't minimize my knowledge of ancient Rome, guys. But Will Parchman, nice job. Uh, even though I didn't like his comparisons, however, then fifty five one comes out and one ups them by comparing Christian Pulisic to all these ancient deities. Nice job, Wes Berdine. And by ancient, you also mean a couple that happen in movies, but whatever. Really? I didn't actually yeah. finish reading that article. Like uh, most that I read no, about No, trust soccer. me, number 12 will blow your mind. Okay, all right, click. Um, <laughs> Sebastian, let's get, let's get, let's get, Say the best you can. <laughs> legit. Too legit to quit. He 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 went. Uh, he scored the game opener, and then he had to go off injured, and we were all in suspense. Then this morning, the galaxy came out and said, ah, "It's gonna be fine. Everything's okay." And then later today, the galaxy came back and said, "It's gonna be like four to six months because it's a Liz Frank injury, which basically means he broke his foot and, and he's like surgery. Giant bright animals with pink and rainbows. Liz Frank, right?" Yeah, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, John Brooks, Lisa, was dehydrated Aww. in this game, and he's he's released from the team with a viral infection. Damn. Uh, Jordan Morris was released. He didn't even dress for the match and replaced by Paul Ariola. Uh, what the heck is going on? Is Bruce what is Bruce Arena doing? Because uh, it's all his fault, obviously. Or Damn. is your, or is We're this in like a, tight a cons- spot? Is this a conspiracy with Jurgen Klinsmann sabotaging everybody? You know what? That's not even worthy of the Ronald's rap. I'm I not going to touch it. <laughs> anyway, this is a great game with good highlights. It was a feel-good match. You don't really need to talk about it because most of you have really gone and watched it already. Uh, I just want to mention, by the way, this is USA versus Pan, which the first time I read it, I was just picturing 11 US players just hitting a skillet with their legs, like you know, USA versus Pan. And then Chad, Chad, Chad on Twitter came back and he was like, Oh, Espanol, pan, bread. So it's 11 U.S. players just stomping on a loaf of bread. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there hasn't been that good of free kick delivery yet, so maybe it is an iron skillet, but who knows? Uh, Hey, segment that we haven't been able to do for like two episodes. I think we missed out so much. That segment is Caleb's Excellent Adventure. Excellent! Where Caleb takes us through the... Explaining what soccer is like in another country around the world each week. This week we're going to the Argentine Primera Division. Um, 
I wrote these notes a week ago, so <laughs> it's gonna be really. <laughs> so basically, I could read them and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first season actually took place in 1891." This is like so the they're history. like on, they're on Argentine Premier Division, like 72.0 at this point. I <laughs> surprisingly still considered a, a retirement league by Europe. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, there's actually 30 teams in this top league. All Which right, seems like a lot, but it is where MLS wants to go at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Have fun, guys. Yeah, we t- will. <laughs> top teams uh, are uh, Boca Juniors, uh, River Plate, and Racing. Um, Boca Juniors have 31 championships total. River Plate have 36, and Racing have 17 championships. Recently, and last I think maybe two years ago, River Plate had a. Two, two or three years ago, it was, it was recent years. They had this like crisis where they were relegated for a little while, mm-hmm. then came back up. It's a really interesting story to check out. Yeah, and there's a huge derby between uh, Boca Juniors and River Plate. Um, there's multiple red cards in each time these players meet, these teams meet. I think the last, the one that I remember most from the last couple of years is when Carlos Tevez was back at Boca Juniors and like. Got sent off at a, a two-footed lunge into the back of someone's player's knee or whatever, something like that. And it was, you remember that time that he said that he wanted to retire at his home club and then decided to go to China and everyone was like, oh, taking back your word, Carlos Tevez. And then I was on the twi- on the podcast being like, yeah, guys, come on. He's just That's making money. money. Yeah, anyway. That's a ton of money. Um, Boca Juniors, I think, was actually my first soccer jersey. It's a great soccer jersey. Also a Hipster. great name for a team. Yeah, Boca definitely. Boca Juniors is. is fantastic. It's like old boys in uh, Switzerland. And there's Newell's old boys in Argentina. Yeah, exactly. it's it's young boys that are in Switzerland. It's ah, old boys yeah. that are in Argentina, okay. which so makes sense because it is they started the league in 1891. <laughs> All right, perfect, great. Uh, who are the top players in this league, Caleb? Um, we interrupt this. We interrupt this segment. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, guess what? The U.S. just scored. Guess who it was? was guess it who was sick? Nope, nope. Dempsey? Yep. Ah. Guess who assisted it? Pulisic? Yep, yep, ah. yep. All right, guys, get right. hype. All right, let's get back, though, to the Argentine <laughs> Premier Division. Although this episode is never going to end. A <laughs> um, couple, a lot of young players in this league. Most of the players who are um, of top top quality go overseas to Europe, um, like Carlos Tevez, like mm-hmm. uh, Lionel Messi. Um, Christian Pavone, uh, both of juniors, up-and-coming up winner. Um, he expected him to move over to Europe in a couple of years. Um, Axel Werner. Or Warren, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's... <laughs> Just go with it. Yeah, Just okay. go with it. Um, Borja There's Jr. a lot of Germans in Argentina for some reason. <laughs> Maybe it is Werner, but Borja Jr. is goalkeeper who has already made the move to Europe. Uh, he's on loan from Atletico Madrid. Um, and Marta Cicuña, um racing club, recently earned his first half for Argentina, which is very rare for a player that plays in the domestic league. A lot of the players that play in the national team are um, abroad. And actually, Football Weekly mentioned this week that there are only two players in the Argentinian national team who do play for uh, in this division. So, uh, Argentinian national football team, speaking of which, um, even though they have arguably the best player in the world, uh, they haven't won a major trophy since 1993. Uh, that was the Copa America. And they haven't won the World Cup since 1986. Um, Lionel Messi does... Uh, lead the national team in scoring with 56 goals, though. But we'll talk about the fact that he's not going to add to that anytime well, yeah, soon. I guess yeah. now it's 57. 
Argentina uh, has had recently some pretty heavy uh, World Cup qualification upsets yes. and and crises that that you should you can read up about. I mean, Diego Maradona being appointed in in the lead up to the 2020 World Cup was one of the bigger stories of that tournament because they were very close to not qualifying for it. It seems to be right now that they're having similar issues as well. So you can go read up on that if you are so interested. But with that, we really do need to quickly move into a segment that we call The Pub, where we have coverage typically of the EPL, but not this week. We're just going to cover what the home nations did in their World Cup qualifiers and friendlies. So let's get on with it, guys. Ireland 0, Wales 0. You're cringing. Because the pub we're in is called the Shattered Shalehi. 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 Yeah. I, I feel like I should have said that as the resident Irishman, but whatever. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Irish. Yeah. Um, basically, we had Seamus Coleman having his leg shattered in a horror tackle by Neil Taylor. I actually didn't know that this tackle had broken the leg when I watched the video, and I, I still was like, oh my god, that's a horrible tackle. Later found out it was a compound fracture, I think. According to you, Caleb, you mentioned that it might be yeah, a compound. Yeah, I believe so. I, I just saw the still of yeah, Coleman holding his leg. I didn't watch bad. the video after that. Shane Long yeah. had to use pregnancy breathing exercises to help Seamus Coleman stay out of shock. Um, which is a really bad thing in these situations if you go into shock. So, so those breathing exercises really helped. Everyone so. was like, oh, he's comforting him. No, he's keeping him alive. Yep. Uh, England 2, Lithuania 0. So Jermaine Defoe, in a couple of interviews around the qualifier, credited his longevity in the league to going vegan. And, I mean, this was seen as kind of a tribute call-up for him. You know, he's pretty old. He's played for the English team in his younger days, but hasn't been called up in a while. He comes back and he scores. Vardy scores as well. Um, So, veganism, apparently the answer to Jermaine Defoe scoring. Vodka and Red Bull, the answer to why Jamie Vardy scored. And punching yourself in the face. Yep, dude had a black eye. Yeah, um, it, it honestly looked like he had guy liner during the match instead of a black guy. <laughs> he, he, he had to just the, to the tour. It was right after the game. He had time to put on his You know makeup. what? Honestly, it, with guy liner like that, he looked like high school me when I was really into Morrissey, <laughs> which makes sense because meat, according to the Smiths, is murder. All right. Well, we will keep that in mind. Northern Ireland 2, Norway 0. Um, 10 points in qualifying for Northern Ireland uh, following up on their move into uh, Euro 2016. Are they the better team on the island? I really hope not as a... Ah, keep your politics out of this. (laughs) I'm sorry. My my family comes from the south. Yes, we we, We we, went over that in in depth. Scotland won uh, a team that abbreviates their name SVN. Is that Slovenia? It is Slovenia. Yeah, zero. Uh, Chris Martin. (laughs) Coldplay? What? Yeah, um, Coldplay lead singer and also apparently backup midfielder Chris Martin uh, was... The winner at Hampton with an 88th minute stunner. I believe Perfect. he plays for a Derby County in the championship. I don't, I'm not 
Wait, I think he also minutes. plays piano <laughs> and <laughs> sings with a falsetto quite a bit. All right. Uh, a quick few m- news bullets. Jose Mourinho had this to say this week. I had to adapt to a new world to what young players are now. I had to understand the difference between working with a boy like Lampard, who at the age of 23 was already a man, and the new boys who at 23 are kids. Today, I, I call them boys, not men, because I think they are brats. Basically throwing a lot of shade at the maturity of young footballers today compared to someone like Frankie. Um, Liverpool Legends 4, Real Madrid Legends 0. The important thing about this match was that Steven Gerrard, 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 Gerrard. He scored a beautiful goal. I mean, the skill required for this goal, it's gorgeous. You got to go watch this. Just just check it out. Um, I can't really do it justice by describing it. Finally, in, in a bit of serious news. Rio Ferdinand was part of a documentary recently about grief, loss, and raising kids as a single parent because he lost his wife uh, after a battle with cancer and he's been raising his kids on his own since then. And it, it's it's a really heartfelt work. Um, I appreciated it because we don't typically see our heroes who are footballers in vulnerable positions accepting that they don't have it all figured out, that that. The, the, they're facing problems in life, so I think it it works on a double level. First, humanizing the the um, issues for people who do lose their partners, but also then having this seeing a side of footballers that we don't typically see. Yeah, um, as someone who's uh, lost a really close loved one with a young son, um, it, it was just the trailer video essentially was devastating. So. Um, Definitely check out the uh, full match of the day documentary when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already, which uh, this week is a lot. So, again, we got to keep jumping along. Uh, Germany 1, England 0. The important thing was that this was Lucas Podolski's last call up. Poldy! And he scored a goal that I kid you not, the minute it went in, I had to run out of uh, what was definitely not my office because I don't watch soccer at work and uh, had to go into the definitely not office of not my coworker and then drag him into my office, uh, not my office. Uh, I'm, I'm just getting tripped up. Basically, I had to show somebody else. Go. It was so good. Go check it out. It is a poetic finish to Poldi's career. It's one of those goals where even like non-soccer fans are like, Damn! Right, exactly. And never mind the fact, as as an Arsenal fan, Lucas Podolski is one of my favorite players just as a human being. He is so fun as a person. With Schweinsteiger, one of the first uh, players that I started following when I came back to soccer in 2006. You also had English fans booing the German national anthem and singing offensive songs about the world war at this game. Stay classy. Yeah. Barmy army. Uh, France 0. Spain 2, the important thing about this game was, both of these are by the way friendlies, Uh, in this game they tested video assistant referee and had a goal for France pulled back thanks to it. So um, interesting to see VAR being used more. It took 15 seconds and yet apparently the entire crowd was so sad afterwards. Oh, I don't know, maybe because it was a France goal that got called off? Right, exactly. No, uh, this is, I mean, this is a needed step and evolution in our game. UEFA World Cup qualifiers. First thing we need to talk about is that Buffon, the buffoon, (laughs) I had to make that joke, but Gianluigi Buffon, one of the nicest dudes in the whole world from what I can tell from all his quotes, played his thousandth game in his career. Damn son, JPEG. Yeah, and and the funny thing is not a lot of players have done that. We've only got, let's see, 
25 or so players who've played a thousand games according to wikipedia and buffon is actually number 21 and a lot of these guys are goalkeepers yeah there's a lot of longevity in the goalkeeper uh position Peter Shilton, who I grew up watching videos of, is actually number one with 1390 appearances. Legendary English keeper. Other people on this list include uh, Xavi, Javier Zanetti, Raul, Cosmos legend, <laughs> and many other. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, the other important thing to note here is that Italy have never lost a World Cup qualifier at home. Incredible stat. Speaking of um, Italy won 2-0 against Albania, which given that Spain beat um, Israel 4-1 means that they're basically tied in Group G. Spain's got the goal differential by a, a ton, but but yeah, they, they both are, are far and away ahead um, about halfway through their qualifiers. A bunch of other matches in the UEFA qualification round that we won't read you the results of right now because we are lagging behind a little bit. Another bit of interesting news, though, the Netherlands just fired their manager, Danny Blind. And uh, the important thing to note here is that both Coleman and De Boer have turned down the job. The respectively Everton and Ajax managers who are widely rumored to be targets for the Netherlands national team not going to be in charge so so we'll see if they if this is the point at which they do move on to appointing a non-dutch person andorra uh the football giant and then their <laughs> 11 year uh losing streak 58 games total with a nil nil draw against the Faroe islands i i i looked at this fixture and i was like this is the one you know 11 years we've been waiting for this i put in like a huge bet yeah, I, you've all been following this Don't i'm rich now i'm rich now <laughs> <laughs> uh in a bit of news that i hadn't actually heard until very recently but has been bubbling for a while uefa is going to start what they call the uefa nations league there are some complicated graphics about how this is going to work and i don't necessarily understand it uh but essentially it's going they're going to replace a lot of the friendlies that take place between uefa countries with um matches that matter a bit more because it'll count towards a league table of nations this is, i really like this i've always said that i like international football more than club soccer so i'm actually jazzed about this i think it's a complicated cash grab but sure whatever um, I think I think it means that friendlies matter a bit more. So, for example, you know Germany, who are uh, who played England re- in that friendly recently, both teams would have been playing for a little bit more than just bragging rights. Yeah, like one percent more. Uh, I think I think a bit more now. Anyway, uh, the, the the important thing to note here is that there will not be additions to the schedule of national teams, so that you're not going to see your favorite players leave their club teams more than they currently are. Which doesn't really actually happen in the rest of the world, except for MLS. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. You had Trinidad and Tobago 1, Panama 0. We talked about how Kevin Molino scored the winner. Mexico beat Costa Rica 2-0. Chicarito scores the early opener, but went off injured. Yeah, um, he did at least um, tie the record of being Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer. Um, Some games that were happening tonight, um, I didn't bother to check what the Honduras and Costa Rica score was, (laughs) so somebody take a look. Um, In the meantime, uh, Mexico beats Trinidad and Tobago 1-0. Again, Kevin Molino with a sometime yellow card. What was that score, Caleb? It was 1-1. 
Yeah. Woohoo. Yep. Okay. Thank you for looking that up. You're welcome. And as we mentioned, uh, Panama against the U.S., which, by the way, is now 1-1 at halftime. Boo. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the um, hex at the moment and what this score means because we made up the goal differential in our game versus Honduras, but we do need a win tonight against Panama, yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah um, Panama would be a point ahead. Um, so it's certainly critical that a win gets secured, hopefully by the time that you listen to this, but because I said that, probably not. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. We've got Mexico running away at the moment with 10 points at the hex. We've got Costa Rica with 7, Panama and Honduras with 4 and 4. They're currently sitting 3 and 4. We're sitting in 5th, Trinidad and Tobago sitting in 3rd. And it's that 4th place spot that has a playoff through the hex. Correct, yeah. So, um CONCACAF gets 3.5 spots because they have to play a playoff for their uh, potential fourth spot. Yeah. Um, moving on to CONMEBOL. Uh, we Just mentioned one thing I do want to mention is that if this game ends in a draw, which I believe it is right now uh, at halftime, you're going to see the U.S. move into fourth place. I did literally just say that it was 1-1 at halftime. So. Oh, did you? Oh, my yeah. bad. I was too busy looking at the table. <laughs> sure. Um, so, <laughs> remember when we said that Argentina is having some issues with World Cup qualifying? Yeah. Um, this is... Yeah, it's not good. Uh, it's not first good. of all, they... Th- they they won one nil against Chile, but the problem is that it was on a penalty, and then he Lionel Messi who scored the penalty, abused the refs in um, spectacular fashion. Yeah, uh, definitely things you shouldn't repeat at home. Uh, implied things about the referee's mother. Implied things about the referee's mother's. I mean, genitalia. Let, let's just say that Gender. the the yeah yeah. It, it was C dash dash dash. So you make up which gender swear word you want to put in there, and yeah. Oh, oh okay. Either uh, way, it's not good. No, it was pretty bad form from a guy who really should know better. So I'm glad he got a four match penalty. Referees have a tough job, and and they can do without the most famous player in the world. Uh, abusing them so I'm actually I'm fine with Messi getting um, the four match man Argentina not so much yeah um, Bolivia 2 Argentina nil today Um, you can blame the La Paz effect they play their qualifiers at over 11,000 feet elevation but uh, this is what happens when you don't have Lionel Messi on your side a whole bunch of other Connable World Cup qualifiers, and we would love to redo that table as well, but we really don't have time. So we've got to move on to one quick fact. New Zealand beat Fiji 1-0. Uh, 10,000 people announced attendance. Uh, that that basically looked like a Fort Lauderdale <laughs> score. Um, it was actually <laughs> probably something more like 500. And yes, there was a Vanger Out banner. Classic. I think this is going to be the soccer meme of If you of bring our one lives. of those, you did in free, I'm pretty sure, to any soccer game. <laughs> All right, uh, there's some RB Leipzig news about how they are going to fall on the wrong side of financial fair play because they owe a bunch of money to the Red Bull organization, but we don't really need to talk about that because we're running out of time. Uh, What else do we have? We have only one thing, which is our segment that we call the Reynolds Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory that perhaps you're thinking about and helps make sense of it for you. So one of the issues that Minnesota United had during the weekend was that they were missing four key players um, due to call-ups during the FIFA um, 
official international window. And it, it begs the question, why did they play a game during the window when they were just starting up as a new team? Um, I've looked into this a little bit. Turns out each time that MLS schedules these games during the FIFA windows, there's a huge uproar of how it's completely stupid and they need to, you know, get with the times, get with the um, FIFA schedule. And I'm fairly certain after speaking to sources that the loons chose to be the sacrificial lamb on this one to be the ones to start up this conversation. The reason that this is so suspicious, however, is that this came a week after they had to play a game in Denver, Colorado. If you've ever been to the Denver International Airport, you know that there are a number of very strange tunnels and roads throughout, and yet it's in uh-huh. the middle of nowhere. The reason for that... Poor horse. <laughs> it is actually the global headquarters of the New World Order. This is a verified fact. You can go on the internet and find so much information about this. It will blow your minds. So, my sources have told me that while at the Denver International Airport, Manny Lagos snuck out and actually took some bribes from the New World Order that are looking to internationalize U.S. soccer. Uh-huh. This is big people. I, I feel like I'm going to need to do a little bit more digging into this. I'm going to let you guys know if I find anything else in the weeks to come. But so this this just feels like the tip of the iceberg, folks. So this is going to be a multi-part sort of situation? There is, a, there is a high possibility that this will be a multi-part situation. <laughs> okay. so, so this is the part. This was the, the, the part of the trilogy where you explain the characters make their appearance. Maybe the storyline isn't as strong, but the next one is where the, the plot really thickens and then it comes to an awesome finale. I mean, let's just say this. This feels like the part when Paul Manafort gets fired for his dealings in the Ukraine. And then, okay, as we'll time come. goes on, it <laughs> we'll just have to let you know what circles the... into a terrible death spiral. Well, we don't really know um, yet. Yeah, what's gonna? We don't know yet what's gonna happen with. I, I just, I just have a sense. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. So, when in this whole situation does the New World Order start their own wrestling organization? <laughs> Um, they tried that already. Unfortunately, okay. American exceptionalism was too much to handle. All right, quickly, where can these people find you on Twitter? And I mean, like, quickly. I'm at Olson 716 I'm at The Attachment. I'm at Two United Fans. This podcast can be found on Fine Broadcast Priorities everywhere. Tell your friends about the show. And with that, we have to say goodbye and come to you next week. Have a good one, everybody. Congrats, Johan. Oh.